Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Courtside with... Jeez, uh, man, I can't hear anything with all the dribbling. So, as I was trying to tell you, this is a new thing called Courtside with Kellen. Kellen Olsen's our son's brainiac, and he knows everything about the Suns and the players like Kellen, so he's got that going for him. Anyhow, here's Kellen. And he's brought to you by Southwest Gas. Committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. All right, Kellen Olsen joins us after that terrific win over the Warriors last night. Phoenix Suns taking out Golden State. 0-8 on the road for Golden State. It's incredible. Let's start with this. I'm reporting after the game last night, you probably saw it. The report by Jake Fisher that the Suns were closing in on a three-team deal that mm-hmm. was apparently imminent. Now, I made calls on that last night. I was working up till midnight last night, then this morning. My understanding is there's absolutely no truth to it. There's absolutely no truth to it. The Suns were never close to any deal. There's no three-team deal in the works with Houston and Milwaukee and Eric Gordon coming here and Jay Crowley. Like, at this point, it's, it is not true. It's uh, not something that they, the Phoenix Suns are even in on. Are you surprised by that? I'm not. Uh, your reporting really just reflects, Gambo, how difficult trades are to pull off in the league because there was one side of this equation somewhere in here that thought this thing was close to getting done, uh, but but it did not it did not get done. I, I think that the the fact that it was reported as a three team deal that was being uh, work worked up or whatever it was as well again speaks to how difficult it's going to be to get a trade done because I think a straight up deal for Jay Crowder is going to be difficult as well just because of the base salary swap. you got to get other teams involved, perhaps. There's cap ramifications because of the bigger salaries that we're talking about. So uh, I'm not really surprised at all, and I've been with you kind of on opening night, and, and you you were kind of there like, I, I think this thing might kind of take a while. I don't think we're going to see something right away. You've been uh, d- d- December 16th is the day? Yeah, the day at. that about a third of the league becomes available mm-hmm. that are not available right now. It's crazy mm-hmm. that it's that many, but about a third of the league is then eligible to be traded. That's not eligible to be traded right now. Now, a lot of people feel that maybe James Jones is holding out because then more players will become available. And we're less than a month away from that. And they're winning basketball games without him. So it's like, okay, if you want to be patient, you can be patient. Look, I think Milwaukee does want him. And I do think the Suns like Grayson Allen. I do think the Suns like him. The Eric Gordon thing is fascinating to me because last year in January, I reported that the Suns did not have any interest in Eric Gordon. It was one of the biggest names I was asked about last year in January. Eric Gordon, Eric And I shot it down. The Suns don't want Eric Gordon. They don't want him. They did not want him last year. Now, maybe part of that reason is that he still had another year left on his contract at that point for $20 million, and they were going to be a luxury taxpayer. Now he's on the final year of his deal, so maybe he's more attractive to them, but they didn't want him last year. What would make them want him this year? I think the same reasons that you would have wanted him last year, just the skill that he brings and, and what they need on this team. I think that campaigns play this year has certainly helped sort of reestablish the trust in, in that backcourt right now and, and off the off the bench specifically because that's where Eric Gordon would help out a lot. But even even with the way campaign is playing, Eric Gordon would help this team a ton. I think a lot of people look at him and just kind of see a, a shooter, but he can really drive and score the basketball in a lot of ways. And he's just a, a very effective offensive weapon. And if you look across this team right now, especially with Cam Johnson out right now, they just don't have a ton of offensive weapons and Eric Gordon would certainly be one. And if you look at the kind of price that we're talking about here, I'm just going to materialize 
in my head, not knowing anything, that it's it's Jay Crowder. It's a partially protected first round pick, maybe something like that. When you look at the kind of production that Eric Gordon could bring and the kind of skill set that he could bring that no one on the team really has besides Devin Booker in terms of being a driver and a scorer offensively and a shooter, that's the type of guy that they could really need and they would be able to utilize. So he's always made sense to me. We talked about him a ton last year. You're a right. Ton. When we were looking yeah. at the trade deadline about three weeks out, we started previewing sort of every position and guards were the group we really focused on. Gordon was the top name in terms of just the team, the fit, all that kind of stuff. It made a ton of sense. The pass play with Chris Paul, things like that. But you shot it down last year. Maybe this year is different though, Gambo. We'll just have to wait and see. We're going to keep waiting, I well, think. Well, you know, that's what I said to Gambo earlier when we were talking about this, Kellen. I mean, yeah, last year was last year. This year's a different Suns roster with different needs. I mean, you know, the obvious one is you're losing Cam Johnson scoring off the bench because when he comes back, he's not coming off the bench. He's in the starting lineup. So you're looking to replace that kind of wing shooter that can go out there and, and knock down a three and, and put the ball in the bucket. That wasn't a need last year because you had Jay starting and you had Cam coming off the bench filling that role really quite well. Uh, but this year is a different roster. It's a different team. And if it's not Eric Gordon, KO, I mean, clearly, Torrey Gregg does some nice things. I really like what he does, but consistent scoring off the bench does not, he does not check that, that box. So Gordon's kind of the guy they need, and, and whether it's Gordon or not, that's, that's what's lacking right now to me, scoring off the bench from the wing position. Yeah, I think what the Suns have proved in a couple of different games this year is that regardless of who is playing for them, they still have that gear five, gear six, where they can just reach such a high level of overall team play that they can drop 120 and 130 on anyone, even when Torrey Craig is starting, even when campaign is starting. You look at someone like Damian Lee who's shooting over 40% from three off the bench this year. He's been fantastic. I think you look at the guys playing up and down, Jock Landale, Dwayne Washington, guys with not a lot of experience. They got in there last night. They played well. There are certain nights where they're going so well as a team because of the way that they play basketball and the continuity that Monty Williams has built up that regardless of who else is in there, it's a supporting cast, the continuity is there and then their offensive system is there to where they can just flow into 120 and 130, but that's not something gamble that you can rely on consistently enough in the playoffs when the going gets tough and that's where you look up and down the roster and just think there's a little bit more of an offensive spark missing and sure. it's, it's something that we could have talked about maybe in the offseason, right, when this Jay stuff wasn't happening, we were looking at Fitz and we were saying okay, maybe Cam goes into the start, but we weren't speaking as if Jay moving was a certainty. And now you just yeah. have this mid-level contract of $9, $10 million sort of sitting there just waiting to be traded, essentially. And it just makes so much sense for the Suns to use that to upgrade the roster because they can't just let him sit there and lose him for nothing. No, I also think, though, that they want a wing player back. Okay. So that, you know, I, I don't know that they want a guard back. I think their guard play with Paul, Booker, Payne, Landry... I think they feel pretty good about their guard play. So I do think that they want a wing player back, somebody with more size and athleticism and defending. And I would take Gordon out of it because he's like 6'2 or 6'3 and he's a guard. So I, I, you know, that could be a reason why, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say that they're not interested in Gordon. That, that, that's, that Eric Gordon is not an option for the Phoenix Suns. I just, not an option. I think that when they get the play, when they get the player back for Jay Crowder, don't be surprised if it's a wing player. If it's a wing player. But I'm going to rule out Eric Gordon. I'm going to rule him out. That is not a player that I'm hearing the Suns have interest in. 
Well, when we're focusing on that mid-December day, what makes it so interesting, too, is that we're we're another month in. We're, we're another month into the season, and what I mean by that is other teams are going to start to know how their season is going, because you and I, Gamble, you reported a lot on, on Harrison Barnes a couple months ago. They had called Sacramento for him. And that's the type of team where you look at the Kings right now, they're doing pretty well right they're now. They're doing they, great. They're doing fantastic. Have you seen for some the, of their wins lately? For their standards, they should be throwing parades right now, oh 15 games into the I, year. They are playing great basketball. I think that they are one of the surprise teams in the NBA. Without right a now. doubt. They, they really are. So why would they want to get rid of Harrison Barnes right now? They have no interest in doing that right now. So you look around the league and look at the teams that are faltering and you look to see if there's someone there you can acquire. But there's the inverse where maybe we had thought of a situation a couple months ago. Hey, if the Kings start 5-20, and 20, it's so easy to say that because they're the Kings and they do that a lot. But 7-6. and six. They're playing well right now. I think their record Kevin is worse than their numbers Orta. are right now. Their numbers are bringing Kevin Orta. Shooting over 50% from three right now, I believe. Herder, that, that's that's why the top three-point shooters in the NBA. So that, what, yeah, I was yeah. Say, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if the Crowder deal went down later, where, where teams maybe you give them some more time to figure exactly. out who we are and yeah. who we are not. It might not happen in the next month. All right, let's let's talk about this Golden State game. What what stood out to you besides the fact that Cameron Payne, Mikael Bridges absolutely killed it? What was your biggest takeaway from the game? I think we've seen in the last two games specifically how. It's, it's been two different parts of it, Gambo, where Devin Booker has been so brilliant at, at dissecting double teams that it feels like almost the Suns are inviting them. They dribble the ball down the court and know that the double team is coming, and they want it. They want that double team to come. They want their best player to get thrown off the ball because they know exactly how to beat it. Wide Devin knows three. exactly how to beat it. Yeah. Wide open three, Wide open layup three. or DA, something like that, right? They really know how to break it down effectively. But the other part of that equation, Gambo, that's been interesting is just Booker's minutes, his workload, and how much you're putting on him right now while Chris Paul is out because we talked about point books so much over the years and the pros and cons of it. We were really in favor of it a couple of years ago just because it would give him a lot more experience on the ball and it would get your best player on the ball. Something they're going to use in the playoffs a lot again like they did the last two years as well. But you talk about using it this consistently in the regular season and just wear and tear type of stuff. Booker's in tremendous shape and I don't think he's the type of guy that would break down over the course of a season, but you don't want to give yourself any chances at that. And the type of minutes that he's been playing right now with Chris Paul out and him commanding so much of the offense. There's a difference between the 40 minutes that Mikel Bridges plays and the 40 minutes that Tyrese Halliburton plays, the 40 minutes that Marcus Smart plays. Like There's so much difference there in terms of a role, but the Booker on the ball, that's a lot of a lot of stress on him, and I'm looking at both parts where he's been masterful and he's playing All-NBA basketball again, but to that same point, I'm, I'm worried about the wear and tear. Alright, leave me with this. Was the, Did you see any indication that this Warriors team is capable of being a threat in the West? Yeah, because they're the Warriors. I mean, it's just no bench. They don't play any defense. There's no bench. Clay's terrible. Draymond's terrible. I mean, it's a one-man band right now. Terrible now. The, the, problem, <laughs> the problem right now is that they're relying on youth in a way that they haven't before, and they're just not getting anything out of it. Wiseman is in the G League. They're trying to figure out Kuminga and Moody, but that's how their offseason went, Gambo. They lost Otto Porter Jr. They lost Gary Payton II, and yes, they signed Dante DiVincenzo, who still has to get his feet right after coming off an injury, but they effectively looked at those young guys as the replacements for those bodies, and it's it's going to take them a while. But the crazy part about that, Gambo, is if you had to say, like, who were their three best players right now, you would say Steph, you would say Wiggins, and then you would probably say Looney or Poole. You wouldn't say Clay. You wouldn't no. say Draymond. And no. that, to me, is it's the most problem. concerning thing. Two rebounds for uh, for Draymond last night. All right, Kellen, great job. Enjoy having you in. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Right, that's See Kellen Olsen. That is our son's guru.